You are listening to the Not Your Average Autism Mom podcast, the number one podcast for moms just like you, raising an autistic child. How are moms like us who didn't plan for this unique parenting journey embracing life just as it is right now, instead of staying stuck in wishing, hoping, and dreaming it was different? That is the question, and this podcast, along with our Let's Talk Autism newsletter and our private sisterhood, will give you the answers. My name is Shannon Urquiola, and I have been traveling this journey for over two decades. I have been where you are. All right, stay with me, and let's get on to this week's episode. Episode 100, Lessons I Have Learned Along Our Journey. Well, hello there, my friends. I am so happy that you are here today as we celebrate our 100th episode of our podcast. And I have to say, I am so very proud that we made it to this huge milestone. Now, if you know me or if you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you have probably realized that I love to talk. So doing this podcast is absolutely one of my favorite things that I get to do each and every week here at Not Your Average Autism Mom. And please be sure that you stay with me to the end of this podcast because I have a special announcement that I'm going to share with you. So I spent the last couple months thinking about what I wanted our 100th episode to be about. And I decided that since we have so many listeners from around the world, we have listeners from more than 43 countries now that listen to our podcast. So shout out to our listeners in Norway and South Africa and the Netherlands and Croatia and Germany and all of you from other countries who tune in to listen to me talk week in and week out that I decided to share some of the lessons that I've learned along my personal autism parenting journey. Now, I know many of you know parts of our story, and for our members inside our private membership, you guys know more of me than most people in my life. And for that, for you being there, for me to share with you my most intimate details of my life, I am forever grateful. And I am so thankful to you for being with me along this journey as we continue to grow. For all of our listeners who keep coming back to listen and learn from me, and those of you who send us emails and share such amazing kindness in our reviews and on your social media posts, I want you to know that everything I have and will continue to put into Not Your Average Autism Mom is for moms just like you. And I want to say, too, that while our content and more specifically our private sisterhood is geared towards moms, I know that we have many dads and other family members, as well as teachers and special education teachers who also listen. So please know you are not forgotten in this. Thank you for being here as we continue to grow, not your average autism mom, to what I envisioned two years ago when this was just a thought and it was just a dream that I had. And today it's a reality. And here we are helping more families than I ever imagined poss- possible and making their lives better and easier along this not so easy parenting journey that we are all on, which makes it all worth it. 
So in this episode, I'm going to take you through some of the things that Jordan and I have experienced so far um, along our journey, and more importantly, what I learned that I hope might help you. So Jordan was my firstborn child, and I was 28 when he was born. And you know, Jordan's father and I both grew up playing baseball and softball, and we both love sports. So trust me when I tell you that when Jordan was born, we had grand plans that he would be playing baseball. Little did we know at the time that God had other plans. And eventually, we also learned that God had a sense of humor because while Jordan did not uh, play baseball. Uh, His sister, Madison, was an amazing softball player and went on to play college softball for many years. So we did get to enjoy uh, a child on the clay. So like every new parent does, we spent the early years just trying to figure out parenthood. But I think because many of our friends were already well on their way with their kids, And we had spent so much time with them that we began to realize early on that Jordan was different. He was not a difficult baby at all, but as the early years pressed on, his inability to focus on things that other toddlers focused on became apparent. He had no interest in playing with his peers in daycare, and he would just isolate himself in the corner, just spinning the wheels on the truck or flipping the pages of the books. He learned very quickly, and his retention was impeccable. It was very apparent that he did not have a cognitive deficit, but his expressive language and speech delays, along with his social awkwardness, were really significant and definitely noticeable. You know, he had always been and is still pretty uncoordinated and clumsy. And not only were his gross motor skills delayed, like he did not crawl until he was 12 months old and he did not walk until he was 18 months old. But his fine motor skills also left much to be desired. And truth be told, until Jordan was probably, you know, late into his late teens, he struggled with fine motor skills. And to this day, writing is a struggle for him and definitely something that he absolutely avoids at all costs. His language skills were always beyond his years. And what I mean by language skills, and this is important, he knew things and he was reading at a very young age. And while that was amazing, It was his expressive language that was and still is a challenge for him. He used a lot of echolalia, repeating words that he knew and phrases that he had heard. He loves facts and knowing things. And as many of you know, this kid of mine has watched Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune every single night since he was six years old. And I honestly believe that those shows have kept him engaged in learning right? Learning facts and learning how to spell from Wheel of Fortune. And let me tell you, he knows how to spell because he still to this day constantly points out when things are spelled incorrectly. He's our little spell checker. And just as a side note while I'm talking about this, because I've been dealing with it with one of our members in our sisterhood, and I'll make it quick. But This is the exact reason why I am not a fan of IQ testing for many of the families that we work with. 
Because typical IQ testing does not take into consideration our children's deficits. And honestly, unless that test is going to be given, you know, over a 30-day period in 15-minute increments of time by someone they know and trust who can read the questions out loud and maybe even allow them to provide verbal answers, it is highly unlikely that the test result or IQ score will be an accurate representation of their true knowledge. And that's just really important. And I just want you to be aware of that. So if this subject comes up, you can question it and you can decide based on what you know and what you find out if that's a good road for you to go down to get that IQ testing. You know, we um, we did everything that we thought we did all the right things when he was little, right? He had OT and PT and speech therapy. And, you know, we saw small gains. We were seeing a neuropsychologist who at the time knew more about autism than most physicians and specialists in the Central Florida area. But remember, this was over 20 years ago. And autism was really just coming to the forefront and there was still so much that was unknown. So we really were learning as we went. When he went, uh, when he was in preschool, he went through a phase where he was biting and he would bite anyone who was trying to interrupt what he was doing. And let me tell you, I remember at that time just wanting to crawl in a hole and never come out. I felt so terrible because I get it. I mean, I would be that parent that would be really mad if some kid bit my kid. So I knew that everyone knew who Jordan was and that those parents were without a doubt judging me and my parenting. And of course, that was long before I learned how not to let what other people think impact me. But at that time, I know that I just didn't think that there could possibly be anything worse than that. And you know what? Boy, was I wrong. So I remember when Jordan was getting ready to enter kindergarten. And I remember vividly hearing the words, kids like him. And I felt like my heart had been shattered into a million pieces. And if you've heard those words, you know exactly how I felt in that moment. As he got older, he didn't know how to interact appropriately with his peers. And his behaviors were unpredictable to say the least. I remember him taking all of his clothes off on the bus ride home. And looking back now, I imagine that he was probably so overwhelmed from his day of chaos that that was just his way to decompress. But back then, I didn't know. Every day when he was in elementary school, I would just wait for the phone to ring. And as the years passed, that didn't change much. Every school along our educational journey, everyone knew Jordan. And unfortunately, not usually for good reasons. I am sure their parents also knew who he was and who I was too. And trust me when I tell you that the schools had me on speed dial. His behaviors were mean and spiteful, and he had no regard for other students or staff most of the time. 
He was unpredictable and his behaviors would explode sometimes out of nowhere and many times with no warning. He would hit himself. He would turn over tables and throw chairs. I remember his poor second grade teacher. She was young. She was a new special ed teacher from like Pennsylvania. And she didn't even make it through the year before she left the school. And I'm pretty sure that Jordan was the reason that she decided that teaching special education was probably not something that she wanted to pursue. He was non-compliant. He would spit and kick and throw books and literally just flip out with not a care in the world of the other kids in his class. So as Jordan was getting ready to enter middle school, after everything I've told you and everything I was going through, you know, I was, I just didn't know how we were going to do this. I knew that something had to change. I knew that there was no way he was going to make it through the education system if I didn't figure it out. So I decided that it was time for me to learn everything I could about special education. So what did I do? I signed up for a special education training program. And over the next six weeks or so, I went through this program and my mind was blown with everything that I learned and how much control I had as his parent over his education. You know, until that point, I just thought that what the school staff said or administration was telling me was true, right? I'm sure many of you are or were there at some point where when the school told you that they don't have this or that available or they don't do it like that at your school, you know, you take that as truth. And here's the thing. We trust them. We believe them. And unfortunately, what I learned, and please know, I don't ever want to assume that someone is lying to you. So instead, what I believe is that they are only sharing with you what they know or what they have been taught or what they've been told by administration or the district. And that, my friends, is where the disconnect is. What I learned was that they don't always know. And trust me when I tell you, because we work with school districts from across the country. And I promise you that still to this day, many districts and schools don't always know what they actually can do. It might be something that they've never done before, but you would be amazed at the things that we have gotten put into an IEP that have never been done before. You know, the other thing was, I can't tell you how many phone calls or meetings I sat in where the school staff would say, what should we do? I remember thinking, look, I'm not the expert here. I'm just mom. Aren't you the special education teachers? Shouldn't you know what to do? And that was one of the things I really struggled with the most was everyone looking to me, just me, for the answers on how to make him behave. What should we do? Can I put him on the phone so you can talk to him? Yeah, and let me tell you, that to this day is still never an easy task to get him to hold the phone or listen to what I have to say if he is in any kind of trouble. He is just non-compliant. And at 26, he is still the same in those situations. 
So listen, if you have felt like you are failing because you don't know the answers, I promise you, you are not. We don't know the answers. And honestly, a lot of times, our educators don't have the answers either. Sometimes you have to spend a lot of time trying different things to see what works. That is just what it is. And it doesn't do any good to get frustrated because all that does is cause you more stress. And I know you probably have enough of that. So don't let the fact that you don't have all the answers or know what to do frustrate you because you are not alone. So after I went through that training that was taught by a local advocate in Central Florida, I started thinking about how what I learned was going to change the trajectory of Jordan's educational journey. And I knew in that moment that I wanted to help other parents get their children the services and accommodations they needed to be successful. And I was determined to figure out how to make that happen. So what did I do? I reached out to the advocate who had taught the class and I asked her to meet me for lunch. And let me tell you, I did not know anything about her at that time. I just knew that she taught this class and that she had some local clients that she was advocating for in the community. So she agreed to meet me for lunch. And uh, at that lunch, I told her that uh, I wanted her to hire me because I wanted to train more parents and advocates so that more families like mine could get their children what they needed and more importantly were entitled to in the public school system so believe it or not i must have been pretty persuasive because she agreed to hire me right then and there and at that time and don't laugh but she agreed to pay me 200 dollars a week to work with her to grow this vision that i had of growing this advocacy company now, at that time, it was just her and she had a lady who answered her phone line part time and scheduled her free consultation calls and scheduled the meetings that she attended. And long story short, I spent the next 10 years growing that advocacy company where we eventually had at one time 10 office staff employees and 30 advocates across the country. It was an amazing accomplishment. And the best part was the hundreds and hundreds of families whose children's lives were impacted in a positive way by what those advocates that we were training were doing in the schools. So during that time, as Jordan was entering high school, I was having a very difficult time emotionally. I had spent so many years feeling so alone and isolated and honestly in this place of poor me, my life is so hard. No one else around me, none of my family or friends has the challenges that I have raising a child with autism. There were so many things going on in our home that I couldn't share with anyone because no one understood. And while I am sure that they had very good intentions, they would say things like, He's just a boy. Boys mature slower than girls. He'll grow out of it. You need to be stricter. He needs more discipline. I wouldn't let my child get away with that. And I know if you're here listening to me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those likely very well-intended family members or friends whose comments just aren't helpful. 
And if I'm being honest, I was emotionally just at the end of my rope. So I began working with a life coach. And it was then that my life began to change. I learned things working with a coach that I had never been taught. And every week as I began to understand and see the results of the work I was doing, I realized that I had spent years creating my own suffering and misery by the story that I had around my life. I had to do things that were way out of my comfort zone and things that didn't come natural to me. But I knew that if I didn't make some changes and I kept going the way that I had been going, nothing would change and my life would continue to feel hard. And that is what I knew I did not want. So I spent the next several years doing the work that ultimately changed who I was as a person, which in turn changed the way I parented. And as I did that, that is when I began to see so many positive results in our life. My relationships with everyone in my life changed. My connection with Jordan deepened and our life living with his autism became easier. So I want to share with you the top three lessons that I learned along our autism parenting journey. Now, there have been hundreds of lessons along the way, but I decided I would talk about these three because these three are the ones that made the biggest difference in our home, and I hope that they will in yours too. By far, the most significant change came when I learned that I had all the control over how I felt along this journey. When I learned that managing my mind and controlling my emotions in any situation was completely up to me, it was a game changer. And all I remember thinking is, why had no one ever taught me this before? How come I didn't learn that in high school? Over time and with a lot of work on my part, as I continued to learn more and more about my own well-being, I made changes that positively impacted our day-to-day. I started getting up earlier to have intentional time with myself and doing things that made me feel better. Making that extra time where I focus on me when I decide ahead of time and on purpose how I want to show up for the day allows me to have space for all the things that might come up throughout the day. When I realize that I get to decide on purpose how I want to feel in any situation in my life, and I embrace the chaos of what our life is some days, it made a world of difference in how I showed up for not only Jordan and Madison, but for myself. I was no longer consumed with all the reasons that life was so hard and I was failing. Along your autism parenting journey, you will likely come in contact with people who have an opinion about you, about your child, about your parenting, or maybe that friend or family member who doesn't agree with the diagnosis, or they won't agree with how you parent. We all have those people in our lives, and it's really important that you believe in yourself and your parenting enough so that their opinions or what they say or do does not negatively impact you to where you're second guessing everything you're doing. 
If you lack the confidence that you are doing the best that you can with what you know, and you're continuing to seek out help and guidance when you need it, then that self-doubt in yourself, that is where you need to do your work. You have to believe in yourself or what I'm going to tell you is that this will be a very long and probably unhappy journey for you. And that isn't good for your child or for you. That is no way to live, let alone tackle this autism parenting journey. And don't get me wrong. I have had plenty of very difficult days where I wasn't sure that I could get up and do it again tomorrow. But what I don't want you to do is stay stuck there. I want you to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and remind yourself that you've got this. There is no one better suited to raise your child or children than you. And I want you to own that. When your inner critic wants to tell you otherwise, you need to step up and stand up for yourself, just like you do for your child. Number two, and this was by far the most difficult. I will tell you, it was three months of hard, capital H-A-R-D. Jordan was not happy and he let us know it. So while it was hard, really hard, I promise you it was the most impactful change we made. And that was making his bedroom electronic free. And that means no TV and no devices of any kind in his bedroom at all. And in addition to that, we scheduled set days and times that he earned electronic times. So, you know, he knew what days and what times he would get his electronics. It was no longer 24-7. Jordan had seven electronics going at the same time because that's what it was for many years. And the last thing that we do is that uh, we have what we call unplugged days. And our unplugged days mean no handheld electronics, no iPad, no Nintendo Switch, no phone or any other device. So we have three days that are our unplugged days in this house right now, still to this day. And on those days, he is allowed to watch television. But what is so amazing to us is that on those days, he is so much more engaged with us and with doing other things. He reads, and I mean, he carries a stack of books to and from the day program and switches out books at the library every week, not to mention the hundred books in his room. And let me tell you, before we made this change, before he had time off of electronics, he did not read. And if you know Jordan, he's the bug whisperer. He loves bugs, all kinds, as long as they don't have stingers. And on days when he's unplugged, He spends hours outside searching for bugs and then letting them crawl all over him. So, you know, there were so many benefits and I know this episode is already longer than I like them, so I'm not going to get into all those, but please, if you want to know more about the benefits of limiting electronic time, and there are a ton, do yourself a favor and go back and listen to episode 72, Ripping the Band-Aid Off on Electronics, and episode 7 the benefits of limiting electronic time. And number three is having boundaries and consequences and not wavering. If we say it, we do it. And that, my friends, was personally my most difficult challenge to overcome. But with a lot of practice and failing more times than I can count, I finally learned 
how important this is. And remember, I was a single mom for years, so I get it. Sometimes giving in feels like the only solution because you just can't handle the meltdown another minute. But here is what I want you to know. Every time you don't follow through or you don't do what you said, while you might get relief in the moment, you are teaching them that if they cry or whine just a little more, a little louder, or if they ask the same question 57 times instead of 50, you will eventually give in. The most important lesson you can learn is that when you have a consequence and you don't follow through, you are starting over again at square one every time, right back at the beginning. So I promise you that being consistent and teaching them that you do what you say by actually doing it is when you will begin to see positive changes. If you struggle to set boundaries or following through with consequences, I really encourage you to go back and listen to um, our episode, Correcting Behaviors and Consequences, episode 18. You know, it wasn't until Jordan was 13 or 14 that I accepted the reality of the fact that he would live with me forever. And for many of you, that will not be your reality. But for some of you, it might be. And to you, what I want you to know is that it isn't as scary as it sounds. And while you may never get to experience the empty nest, I want you to always remember that it's a different journey. It isn't bad. It's just different. And if you embrace what it is, I promise there is plenty of love and laughter along this different journey. One of the things today that brings me the greatest joy and happiness is watching the women, the moms inside our private sisterhood, forming relationships and true friendships in a safe place where they can let their guard down and they can be themselves without judgment amongst the rest of us who we just understand. It's watching so many of them with littles learn so many things from managing their own emotions and well-being to feeling empowered with the information they're learning about special education. And above all, it's the collective wisdom of all of these amazing women inside. I know if I would have learned what we are teaching and had the resources that we have available when Jordan was young, our journey would have been so different and not nearly as difficult as it was. It's what I wish so badly that I would have had along the way. It's the little things that can make such an impact. And I get the privilege of watching them improve their lives and the lives of their children and their families, which literally makes my heart want to explode. So in honor of our 100th episode today, if you have been thinking about joining us, but maybe you're not sure if you would like it or if you would find any benefits, then this is for you. As we celebrate our 100th episode, we want to invite you to join us. And as our gift to you, we are giving you your first month for free. Yes, you heard me right. Your first month is free. But this offer is only good for seven days and then it goes away. So don't wait. You have until August 25th, 2022. And really, you have nothing to lose, right? And honestly, I think that once you get inside and you see everything that's available and you meet 
are amazing moms that you're just going to want to stay. So if you've got a friend who should join too, share this with them and you guys come on in and join us together. It's super simple. All you have to do is head over to our website at notyouraverageautismom.com where you can see all of the benefits that are available to you inside and click join now. And when you click join now and put in your information, you're going to enter code 100 episode. So it's 100 episode at checkout. And your first month is free. It's our gift to you for celebrating our 100th episode with us. And I'll be sure to put that code in the show notes. Our goal is for every mom who is raising a child or children diagnosed with autism to have the support, encouragement, and confidence to be the best you can be. You must take care of yourself and your own well-being along this journey, or trust me, you will not be able to take care of those that you love the most. And that, that my friends, is what our sisterhood is all about. I know there are so many of you who aren't in our private sisterhood who are faithful listeners to the podcast, and you are here with me week after week to continue to learn as much as you can to help your child or children the best that you can. And for that, I am grateful. And listen, if you have all the support you need right now and our private sisterhood is not for you, that is okay. It is not for everyone, and heck, I'm not for everyone. So if that is you, I want you to know that I want you to stay right here and continue to listen and learn from our podcast each and every week. And I also want you to know that if one day, if the time comes when it's possible for you, if you find yourself feeling alone or isolated or needing support or encouragement and acceptance, I want you to know that our sisterhood is here and we would welcome you with open arms. Also, if you haven't yet, be sure that you've joined our mailing list so that you also don't miss our Let's Talk Autism monthly newsletter, which we send out every month. And that has even more information that you will likely find helpful too. And you can join our mailing list right on the front page of our website. Again, notyouraverageautismom.com. Just sign up for our Let's Talk Autism monthly. I want you to know that I appreciate you so much. And I promise as we move to episode 101 next week, we will continue to do our best to provide you content through all of our platforms that help you navigate your unique autism parenting journey. So come join us and get your first month free and see if you know, you're a good fit and we're a good fit. And again, it's only for seven days. It goes away August 25th, 2022. Um, But before then, head on over to the website and enter code 100 episode. And I cannot wait to work with you inside. Thank you so much for being here and celebrating our 100th episode with me today. And until next week, have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, above all, you are doing amazing at this mom thing. Hey, so if you're loving what you're learning on the podcast, I want to invite you to check out our Not Your Average Autism Mom community. That is where we dive deeper into all the topics we discuss on the podcast and where you get individual help and learn coaching tools that will make your life better every day. 
When you become not your average autism mom, you take on an identity with an incredible community of women across the globe, all raising autistic children who all show up to show the world they are not your average autism mom. It's my favorite place to be. So head on over to the website at www.notyouraverageautismmom.com to find out all the details. And if we're not open for new members right now, be sure to join the waitlist so that you'll be the first to know when we do open. We hope you do. We'd love to work with you inside.